Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Wednesday the 24th of August. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we'll hear from students at a school in East Malling who've been picking up their GCSE results, as well as advice on what options are available for pupils. But first, it's feared plans to convert a shopping centre in Ashford into housing could be fast-tracked after Wilco fell into administration. Park Mall is owned by the council, but lots of its stores have closed recently. Dan has more for the podcast. Well, the future of the shopping centre has been a hot topic in recent weeks. The 300-space car park shut on the same day Wilco went under, and the store is currently the biggest unit in the site. Ashford Borough Council say Park Mall is always something they have had longer-term plans plans for, with the authority initially focusing on turning it into a hub for independent traders. But faced with the car park closure and potential loss of Wilco, bosses now say their residential ambitions may be realised sooner. Although they're currently unable to offer any details or timescale, they've said it remains part of their proposals for the town centre redevelopment. We're told it will remain a shopping and retail destination for the near future. We'll bring you updates on those plans when we get more info. Kent Online reports. A suspected drug driver has been arrested following a fatal crash on the A20. A car travelling on the London-bound carriageway collided with a barrier near the Swanley Interchange yesterday morning. A man in his 40s was pronounced dead at the scene and another passenger was taken to hospital. Police have questioned a 25-year-old on suspicion of causing death by dangerous driving. He's been released on bail. Senior doctors are back out on strike today as they fight for better pay. A picket line's been set up outside the Kent and Canterbury Hospital and NHS bosses say the 48-hour walkout will have a significant impact on services in the county. The government say they won't be offering any more money. Thousands of pupils across Kent have been picking up their GCSE results today. Figures show a drop in top grades compared to last year, but it's still higher than before the pandemic. 22% of results are a 7 or above, which is the equivalent to an A. KMTV's Gabriel Morris has been chatting to students at the Mauling School as they opened their envelopes. Oh my God! Tell us, what did you get? Um, I got... Uh, hold on, I got a five in maths. I've never passed the maths before. Oh my god. Um, I got a seven in geography, seven in sociology, seven in English language, a six in English lit, um, six six in combined science, and a six in psychology. Amazing. Well done. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel? I don't know. I feel shaky. <laughs> what does this mean now? Um, I get to stay on for sixth form, which is good. Yeah. Were you unsure you were going to be able to do that? Yeah, because of maths. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll get in. But, oh, my God. So how nerve-wracking has today been? Very nerve-wracking. Um, when I got here, I was expecting to get all fives as a maximum. And, well, I exceeded that by a lot. So. What did you get? So in combined science, I got a six and a five. In history, I got a seven. In maths, I got a five. In English, I got a seven. Well, that's English language, and in English literature, I also got a seven. Computer science, I got a seven, and then in performing arts and music, I got a seven. Uh, no, I got a level two distinction in both. And what does this mean now? You're going to go off to sixth form? Yeah, I'm going to stay here to do sixth form, um, pursue probably a career in computing, hopefully. But I have other backups like multimedia journalism that I might go into. 
how challenging have the past couple of years been for you? The jump from year nine to year 10 after COVID was quite hard because it felt like we were going from no support to a lot of people expecting a lot from us and that can be quite challenging and um, it puts a lot of pressure on you. But I think with all the opportunities they give you, like revision sessions, it eases the pressure. Um, so there was a lot of pressure, but it got eased by the teachers. I have got three nines, I got five eights and one seven. Wow. Yeah. How happy are you with that? I'm very happy and very surprised. What does that mean? Is that, is that better than you thought? Yeah, I was. I didn't think I'd do this well. I thought I'd do okay, but uh, especially in history, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, I did history myself. That's hard. <laughs> What's next for you? Uh, I'm gonna do sixth form here, and I'm gonna do my IB diploma. For year eight, pretty much our entire year was spent in lockdown, or half year maybe. But it was uh, that that was challenging. You didn't have the support. You didn't have. So really down to yourself, especially when you had parents who are out doing jobs or siblings who go to school earlier or things like that. And especially in year nine when you would go, we went in and out of lockdown, it would just mess up the entire schedule. But I mean, I'm very happy. I hope that everyone else is happy with their grades. Anyone who didn't get the results they were hoping for is being urged not to worry. Victoria Cop Crawley from East Kent College Group says they offer lots of options to consider. We have our sixth form here. Um, it's based at Canterbury College, um, where we have a range of 24 A-levels um, offer to students. Um, and we ha have a range of vocational um, courses at our colleges um, across Ashford, Broadstairs, Canterbury, Dover, Folkestone and Sheppey. Um, all types of qualifications in terms of T-levels, BTECs vocational qualifications at all range of levels. Um, so anyone, that, that whatever GCSE grades they've got, there will be options for anyone across um, East Kent. Um, and those courses range from things like construction, engineering, creative subjects, um, professional subjects like business, uh, hair, beauty, uh, computing, early years care. There's a whole range of subjects that students can choose from across all of our colleges. So if there are people who maybe had hoped to do um, A-levels, maybe at, continue at their school and do A-levels and they didn't get the grades that they'd hoped, um, what is your advice to those people? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's not a closed door. Once people have got their exam results, um, they mustn't be disappointed. They haven't got the results they wanted, but they um, they need to come down to us. We've got a fantastic um, information, advice and guidance team and a careers team here that's independent and impartial and can give them all the advice they need in terms of the courses they want to go on to and the careers that they want to go on to. Um, we hope that many young people get the grades they want, um, but there are loads of options. We do have our sixth form here for those that don't want to stay at school and want to come to us for their A-levels, but the vocational qualifications we have, there's a huge range across all of our colleges, and it's really important that students weigh up their options and look into all the different options they've got uh, before they make that final decision. And the students who have just done their GCSEs, they've had a lot of upheaval. They've been one of the groups probably affected most by COVID because they would have only been, what, in about year eight. So a lot of their secondary school, you know, time has been interrupted. Do you feel that will have had an impact on them and on their GCSE? Yeah, it may well have done. And, um, you know, at college, we provide a fantastic support for students. Um, exam results don't define people. Um, and there's always options for every student, whether they've got the results they want or they don't want. There's always options. And all of our courses can lead to whether it's university, employment, apprenticeships. Um, and many of those courses lead 
um, onto higher apprenticeships as well. There's a range of apprenticeships now that students can also do. Um, and it's really important that they talk about their options and what can be next for them. We've got a huge support system here. So any barriers they have to anything, um, challenges they may face, um, we've got a huge support system here as well to help them. So um, whatever they have been through some really difficult times, but our programmes are really tailored to help them build resilience, build confidence, as well as that academic success um, across all of our colleges. You can get more advice by listening to the Hit List GCSE Surgery on our sister radio station KMFM from 7 this evening. Kent Online News. A driver's been taken to hospital after a lorry overturned on the M2 near Sittingbourne. Police closed the coastbound exit slip road at Junction 5 for several hours for a complex recovery operation. The backlog of asylum cases in the UK has hit a new record high, according to Home Office figures. More than 175,000 people were waiting for a decision on their application at the end of June, up 44% on this time last year. The government say tackling the issue is one of their top priorities, but numbers this week show people are continuing to cross the channel in small boats. Head over to the website today to see pictures of luxury cars that have been damaged after a transporter overturned near Brands Hatch. It happened last night on the A20 near Farningham, with Aston Martins and BMWs among those left on their side. The driver reported a minor injury. A woman whose house was destroyed in a fire in Northleet has spoken about the devastation of losing her home. Six properties were severely damaged by the blaze in Rose Street on Monday night. Rosemary Reed's home was one of those affected. Her experience has been even more difficult as she was turned away from a hotel, which was supposed to be used as temporary accommodation. She's been telling KMTV Sophia Aiken what happened. I got to the hotel that the council said I could uh, put up me up in and the, the hotel had no idea who we were and we couldn't get booked in. So I've had to go and sleep on somebody's floor again, which I'm suffering for right now at the moment, the pain. But council just didn't come through again. I'm sorry, but they're just not doing it for me. And, I mean, sleeping on a floor is uncomfortable for anyone, but you're yeah. disabled, aren't you? Yes, I am. I've got a spinal injury. I've had surgery, major surgery on it and so forth. So that's not appropriate for me. Just, just not, not right. I can't stay with my daughter. She's got family up there. They're just, but she's out in Northfleet. We just had to get back into Northfleet from the hotel to find someone to put me up on the floor. And and my, my son's got a friend. He went to his, but I've not really had any sleep. A bit of a struggle. You try to shut your eyes, and all you think about is what's in your home, what's gone, what have you lost. I know it sounds silly, but. Once you've lost everything, you can't replace it. I've been, there's stuff in there from when I was 16 years old. I can't get that back, ever. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I literally got no clothes. <laughs> Managed to get a top, my daughter washed everything, and that's it. But we just can't get it all. My bedroom, my old bedroom as it was, can't go in it, it's gone. They said, the fire officer said, it's gone, love. And you've lived here most of your life? Yeah, nearly 45 years. Since 1979, and before that was five years across the road. So I've been in Northfleet for a long time. And I know that they'll try getting me out to go somewhere. I don't want to. I know people here. They start putting me somewhere I'm not used to. I won't know anybody. And it's quite lonely when you're on your own, don't know people. So this is not on. We don't know what's going on. It's like I know all of these people. I don't know where all these people have gone to at the moment. Because we've all just been had to be moved about.
So what do you think, what does the future hold for you? I really don't know. I can't say, oh, it's looking bright and everything. I don't know. I mean, they say they put me in temporary accommodation. I've still got to try and get money together to afford furniture and all the white goods that you get and everything. I mean, even down to a kettle and a toaster. We haven't got any of that. It's gone. All the water that's gone all over it, it wouldn't work anyway. So it's just, where do you start? We've raised the hotel issue with Gravesham Council, who've apologised. Jenny Wallace is in charge of housing services. I don't know. I have not heard of that case. I'm so sorry. I can certainly find out and get that followed up um, because that shouldn't be happening at all because we liaise, our officers liaise with the hotels that we're using um, to make sure that obviously they're fully briefed and they know also that they're dealing with people coming in who are traumatised. Yeah, and this lady, she was disabled. She said that she had to sleep on a floor last night. So what would you say to her if you could? Well, we'll move on it fast and make sure she doesn't have to do that tonight. I'm so sorry because that should not have happened. Um, and I will investigate and get that put right. Rosemary says she's since been put up in a nice hotel and given the keys to a flat which is unfurnished. Investigators say the cause of the fire is thought to have been accidental. Kent Online reports. More than 30,000 patients at Darrant Valley Hospital have had their cases reviewed after being accidentally discharged by the IT system. Increased waiting times after the pandemic caused problems with booking follow-up appointments and six months later, people were automatically removed. Dartford and Gravesham NHS Trust says no one came to any harm as a result. A 61-year-old man's appeared in court following a bomb hoax in Margate. It led to flats at Newgate House in Cliftonville being evacuated last month. Tony Gannon from Swain Road was arrested at the scene. A trial date's been set for next March. A charity thanked people who've stepped in to help after food and baby milk was stolen during a burglary. Second Chance Medway supports homeless people and victims of domestic abuse, but their building on Chatham High Street was recently broken into. Caitlin Webb is from the charity and spoke to KMTV's Abby Hook. It's such a hit to the charity, not just because of their such hard-working, well-meaning staff and volunteers that are there, but also because... All of these products and the, the meat and the um, baby powder and all these things that got stolen are there to help people who really need it. So not only is it quite a devastating blow for the staff to feel like, you know, their safety and the security of where they work has been violated, it also has restricted what help we can support people with. Uh, we don't have a lot of the stock because we haven't been able to replace it. So it's had double burden on the staff not being able to feel, you know, and volunteers be able to feel safe when they're, you know, helping out and, you know, spending their, their spare time to help these people. And then we can't help people as much as we would have as we have such a sh shortage of stock because of this. It's a it, almost impossible question to answer. Why do you think this, this is happening? Why do you think you've been targeted? I, I, I don't know. It is, you're right, it is such an impossible question considering the fact that if these people were desperate for food, whether desperate for detergent or for, you know, the baby powder that they stole, we, you know, the, the, the shop and the organisation, the charity, is designed to help those who are in desperate need of it. So 
it may have just been an opportunity, but I like to think the fact that I really don't understand means that it's someone who, you know, definitely either they took the opportunity because it's, uh, you know, on the high street, it's quite a, a prevalent, uh, you know, neighborhood and you can really tell like what the organization is. But yeah, I, I have no idea. And um, I, I just wish, you know, we found more about it. Kent police have, have been great. They've come to the, the property. They have uh, dusted fingers prints for on the till and they've also you know uh, checked other you know footage and stuff around but unfortunately due to the fact that the building uh, we didn't have shutters we didn't have CCTV so there's a lot of security that we would have we're a charity so there's a lot we couldn't afford but we have had since um, obviously this incident and reaching out to local um, organizations I'd like to thank there's a, a Dan Copping who said he's going to help uh, fund the the blinds so the, the security shutters. shutters and also there's a Dom Elms who's our gas engineer who's been so amazing trying to get the, some of the lost stock and like literally you know working round and trying to yeah trying to help ends meet you know when it's already quite hard to make ends meet for everyone involved. Kent Online News. A man's facing jail for torching three vehicles in one night in a rural village. The 44-year-old pleaded guilty to three offences of arson in Ash, which is between Canterbury and Sandwich. He destroyed three parked cars in Queen's Road overnight last month and will be sentenced in November. A couple from Tunbridge Wells are trying to raise a million pounds for their baby to have life-saving heart surgery in America. Eight-month-old Joseph has a rare condition that NHS surgeons are unable to operate on. His parents have set up a GoFundMe page, which has already had more than £70,000 in donations. Now, we've been chatting to a Maidstone councillor who's nominated England footballer Alessia Russo for a prestigious public award. She grew up in the area and has been put forward to be given the freedom of the borough after the Lionesses reached the Women's World Cup final. KMTV's Bartholomew Hall's been chatting to councillor Stanley Forecast. Freedom of the borough um, is the most prestigious award that a council can grant an individual or corporate body. Um, and essentially what it does is give, you know, the recipient uh, a ceremonial role uh, at our civic, you know, parades and services. So like the mayor making parade that we have annually. Um, but, you know, it's dedicated normally to individuals who have excelled from an area or dedicated a long period of time to an area um, in recognition of, you know, their, their astonishing achievements. Uh, so we all know what, what a fantastic superstar um, Alessia Russo is and obviously being from Maidstone as well. And what, why did you um, put her forward for this award? Yeah, of, of course, you know, um, as you mentioned, Alessia started her football career in, in Maidstone, I think at uh, West Farley and, and Bearstead, um, and has gone on to represent, you know, some of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, you know, the, the women's team and the Lionesses have gone on to achieve things that have sort of eluded the men for so long. Uh, our second World Cup final and uh, our first ever European Championship. Um, and, and, you know, as we know, women's, women's sport has had barriers that perhaps the men hasn't faced. And the fact that Alicia and her teammates have sort of ripped down those barriers and, and achieved on such a global stage. Um, we thought it was only fitting to give her the most prestigious thing we can. You know, the trophy might not have come home, but I, I think football certainly did. If if you consider that the Lionesses have inspired an entire country as well as an upcoming generation of, um, you know, sportswomen and, and, and footballers, 
you know, they might not have won the won the actual trophy, but they've certainly won the hearts and minds of, of the nation. You know, one of the reasons we want to do this is to signify our commitment as a council to, to women's sport more broadly and, and of course, women's football. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that uh, Alicia is even being discussed for this, um, you know, does demonstrate the, the growth in, in the game. I, I'm quite interested. What, what happens next now that the nomination has been put forward? Of course, so, so the sort of mechanics and, and the process is that it'll, it'll come to full council for uh, September 27th. Presuming that you know all, all councillors will vote for it unanimously, I, I think it's very much a cross-party and, and shared thing. Uh, and then there'll be like a sort of secondary full council sort of civic service uh, ceremony where Alicia will come and everyone will sort of stand up and, and sing her praises and, and she'll be awarded freedom of the bar. We'll keep you updated and hopefully she'll visit Kent for the honour. Dart charge operators have been criticised for failing to sort out the chaos caused by changes to the payment system. Some people are still struggling to settle their accounts after an update was made a month ago with reports of long queues on the website and jammed phone lines. The deadline to pay for crossings is next Tuesday. And a new Netflix drama filmed in Folkestone is out today. Who is Erin Carter features locations including the Harbour Arm, the Stade and Court Approach Road. The movie's about a teacher who gets caught up in a supermarket robbery. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.